0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Good for Profit. I'm your host, Mo. And on today's episode with us, we have the two co-founders of a company called EcoSwap. Paul and Anthony are building the one gift card to all them all, let's say. Um, everybody buys each other gift cards. A lot of corporate companies will buy gift cards for their staff as a Christmas gift, for example, or for whatever occasion may come up problem that exists with a lot of them is that you're tied into only a specific brand that the gift card belongs to. What EcoSwap allows you to do is to take that uh, gift card and be able to swap it for any brand that you like on their platform. And they've just signed up some great and big brands like Body Shop and others. And I'm very excited to talk to them about this startup because... There are so many more uh, sort of climate-conscious, impact-conscious consumers out there that would like access to more brands that are environmentally friendly and so on and so forth. And so EcoSwap have provided the solution for that. And I've known Paul for years, um, ever since I was quite young, and I've had the pleasure of meeting Anthony recently. So it's a real pleasure having them on the, on the podcast today. We talk about their company, uh, their mission, what they're going for. And of course, as you can expect, Everything around the space that they operate in. So, without further ado, I hope you enjoyed the episode. And here is the conversation with Anthony and Paul. Guys, welcome. Uh, happy to have you on the podcast. Thank you, Anthony, Paul. Thanks for having us.
1: Ecoswap, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Very happy to have you on the Good for Profit podcast. Obviously, what you guys are working on is very relevant to uh, what our listeners like to check out generally. And we would love to hear more about what you guys are doing and just hear about your journey, kind of how you got there and so on. And so, yeah, I guess over to you to let us know a little bit more about EcoSwap, how it started and where we are today.
2: Yeah, cool. And thanks for having us, uh, Mo. So, yeah, I guess EcoSwap started originally as Dinkum, um, but it started back in COVID-19 times during lockdown. Okay. Um, So I was actually looking for a gift to buy one of my eco-conscious friends and um naturally, you'd want to go down to the high street to have a look at the different products that are out there, um, but you couldn't do that during lockdown. So I went onto Google and started having a search around for uh, eco-friendly products and gifts, um, and I was met with two things. Um, firstly, it was either just simple products such as like bamboo toothbrushes or keep cups, which, you know, great, great Those products. Were making, yeah, they were going making the rounds
1: quite a lot at one point, I remember. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: Very big and, you know, great products, um, yeah. not taking anything away from the products themselves, but maybe not, you know, the type of gift you want to get your loved one or mother-in-law or something like that. Sure. So I was like, there's got to be some, you know, cooler products that are out there in the market. And, you know, I knew of, of a couple of brands like the Body Shop and, um, you know, Patagonia and the big ones. But I I, I thought there's got to be much more that's out there. So I, I was searching around for that. Um, and the other thing that I was met with was, um, you know, the mainstream brands like, you know, Amazon's and and Nike is coming up when I'm typing in sustainable gift cards and sustainable products. And I know that obviously they're not sustainable products uh, right I, mean,
1: I thought amazon was very uh, <clears throat> sustainable
2: wow well, if we if we go <laughs> if we fly to brazil and you know get into the the rainforest and get some bark off a tree but you know amazon itself <laughs> is not very sustainable so
1: it
3: sounds like a fun uh, weekend
1: yeah would I mean, would <laughs> you go? for the trip yeah exactly <laughs> Make some bark
3: it was mother stuff and Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What,
1: what, whatever else we found on the trees, that, yeah, there go. may be some interesting things growing there. <laughs> <You> <laughs> did, yeah. We're going down there. <laughs> I, and, uh, kahine, <laughs> yeah. but that's I another, mean, you that's, are in Amazon rainforest. So. Yeah.
2: yeah, it's another story.
0: Okay. Um,
2: but, yeah, so met, met with lots of these mainstream brands, um, effectively greenwashing, and, and greenwashing mm-hmm. is when... Uh, brands are saying that they're sustainable and they're paying a lot of money into marketing to market themselves as sustainable. But when you know they're not, um, whether that's to do with the way that their products uh, manufactured or whether that's got to do with the downstream um, impact on labor, using slave labor, all sorts of different things. So there's quite a lot that goes into that. So I was like, okay, well, There's nothing that I can really find here, Um, I'm I'm struggling, Um, there's obviously a gap in the market for something and I was thinking specifically a a digital product, um, given that, you know, it was locked down and I wanted to send something over a distance. Um,
1: And no one really knew how long we're going to be stuck for at home without you know, being able to see people face to so. face. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. exactly. Who,
2: who knows? And when's the next pandemic going to come around the corner? Oh, God, and, please don't.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's please, yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> uh, but just in general, you know, digital products are easy um, to send around and, and a great gift. And, and I thought, you know, well, gift cards is, is literally the number one gift in the world. Mm. And there's nothing that's more gifted than a gift card. So I thought, you know, it would well, be a great idea to, you know, uh, curate all of these sustainable brands and put sure. them onto the one gift card to make it really simple for consumers that are shopping around and having the same issues as me. Um, So it's a
1: no brainer for them to essentially, so they can pick from multiple brands they are not not stuck to one thing and so on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You
3: give the gift of choice yes, as well as the curation of genuinely sustainable brands.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and on that point, actually, on the general sustainability thing, because, you know, you mentioned greenwashing as well. Obviously, that's a big thing that goes around greenwashing and how there's just a lot of companies out there that claim to do certain things when really they're not. Um, I know you guys are quite big on making sure that none of the companies that are working with you guys are sort of doing any of that mm-hmm. uh, stuff. So what are some of the ways that you guys kind of use to check the brands that you're working with and make sure they're on greenwash and mm-hmm. make sure they're actually, mm-hmm. like you know, doing what they say on the box kind of thing?
3: Yeah. So... Right now, we only go. We only partner with brands that are certified by one or three certifications. Okay, these being B Corp, one percent of the planet, and climate neutral. And down the line, we're going to probably expand that to kind of include more. But for now, as we're just sort of launching our MVP, mm-hmm. we want to keep it fairly simple, fairly straightforward, and not sort of get too complicated. Uh, we are also interested in sort of doing our own vetting, our own personal vetting, but again, this will come much further Mm. down the line, but for now, we're just going for the big reliable certifications to kind of give that, um, validity to these brands. And on
2: top of that, I guess there's the three certifications, but we also take on board charities. Okay. Um, so. You know, we're very much on the climate lens, but we're also ethical. Okay. Um So I guess those three big certifications that Paul mentioned, you know, the B Corp's 1% for the Planet and Climate Neutral, are very much climate focused. Well, B Corp covers both social and, and yeah, climate. But course, yeah. um then the charity aspect um, covers off that more ethical and social aspect as well. So, you know, a lot of brands that are out there, say like the British Red Cross or... Mm. Um charity shops and, and stores, they do a lot to do with the circular economy. So like secondhand goods and things like that. They don't necessarily have the certifications, but we know they're doing sustainable stuff, right? Right. And very ethical. So that's a good one to have as well.
1: So you work with them as well. Mm-hmm. And okay. But when mm-hmm. it comes to actually certifying whether certain companies have sort of um genuine sustainable brands, you kind of go for the the big, the one percent for the planet, and B Corp to just check whether they kind of uh, satisfy one of those. Right? Yeah, yeah. I'm a climate neutral as and well. And climate neutral as well. Okay, yeah. Are there any sort of? Do they all tend to kind of focus on the same kind of products and kind of brands, or does B Corp tend to focus on sort of one type of product more than the other? So B Corp kind of covers
3: all kinds of brands, all kinds right. of like consultancies, all kind of businesses in general. Uh, but these three, the kind of common theme that they all do is that they are all multinational. and that they all cover retail goods, which is kind of what we're in, right? I mean, we could partner with like an engineering company, but having a a 50 pound gift card to contribute towards your
1: engineering projects. Do you want to build your own app? Yeah, do you want to build a bridge? (laughs) That that could be quite interesting. I mean, yeah, Yeah. if you have the space, I suppose you could just build a bridge. Why not? Technically speaking, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That makes sense. It's a good
2: point you make, Paul, because there's there's obviously so many certifications out there at the moment. Um, And we have lots of people asking us, well, I've got this certification, I've got that. But we need to be very careful with what we use and we wanted to use these select ones because to Paul's point, they are global, they're product agnostic, they can go across everything um, and we have retail brands that are on there, so we want those certifications to be able to cover everything um, for example, yes. like you know there's Peters that just cover vegan products, mm-hmm. right, but we we have um, much more diverse sets of products that are on there so we wouldn't want to just add the the pita maybe in the future we would have that as as one for specific product types as a, sort of a subsection, types, as the, a subsection. Platform, yeah, yeah. Right. but to keep it simple and given that we're obviously a new company to, course, to yeah. keep that messaging simple for our for our customers
1: yeah and 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 speaking of which um i saw that you onboarded some Great brands, including Body Shop. Yeah uh, and, and others. Congratulations on that. That was really, really, cool. Thank you. Um I mean we can we can also jump a little bit more into it at some like some point later mm-hmm. in what it's like to actually do the, the that side of things and mm-hmm. the, the how to actually find these people and kind of yeah like the reaching out and, and all the kind of the, the, the hardship that goes into that yeah, for other founders yeah. that are listening, then maybe they can learn a thing or two about it. Absolutely. Um, but, but first you maybe just tell us a little bit more about that sort of some of the, some of the brands you've been, uh, sort of working with uh, recently.
2: Yeah. So you, you mentioned the body shop already. So yeah, we've got some big name household brands, I guess that you, most people would recognize like the body shop and, uh, rituals is on there. We've got the national trust, um, fat face um so some big brands that are there um uh, we've also got a lot more uh, sort of mid uh, to smaller sort of type businesses that are out there that are all doing really great stuff for uh, you know the nice. environment and and social side of things as well so um we've got brands that are you know in um gender neutral clothing on there we've got Brands like Wild that are doing sustainable um, Deodorant, uh, deodorants. Right? You've yeah. heard of Wild, yeah? Yeah, yeah. I have. I, have. I, I keep they're getting great. their ads. Yeah, yeah they're, they're good. Awesome, have, have
1: you used them?
3: Yeah, yeah. Really? Like okay. I, have one of the, I have one of the deodorants. Oh, They're that's great. awesome. Okay. I'm highly recommend.
1: Yeah? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Not biased. <laughs> <laughs> no, of course not. Of course not. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I actually thought about trying something like that at some point. Because yeah, yeah, I, I always should. buy deodorant from the from the store. I'm, I'm if I'm being honest, and I get the plastic, just the plastic one. Yeah. yeah. And I always think it's just it's it's such a shame that I have to throw that yeah. out. It's so yeah, so yeah. bulky and
3: it's nice yeah. to have like your own case so like you can choose mm. your color of case and yeah. then that that's then yours and then you, you, you always use that same one. It's nice. Yeah. It's a nice little detail. Okay, okay. Yeah. I guess it, it. was
2: funny, my fiance, she, <laughs> she shopped at Wild before uh-huh. we brought them on board um, and she's always going on about Wild, Wild, Wild. And then I was like, okay, we've, you know, we've on board at Wild and she just went, Wild, wow, literally. Like, she's like, oh, that's so awesome. And now she's going around talking about EcoSwap to everyone because they've got one of that's
3: her favorite brands. Really, on yeah. That's yeah. it. That's yeah. it. Totally.
1: That's a, that's a smart move. Mm. That's a very smart move. Yeah. yeah, I mean,
3: I think it's just kind of natural, right? People will be attracted to, to a certain brands. And you yeah. have that one brand on, you're obviously going to be – you're going to relate to a different people. Yeah. But uh, I think it's really great because we are doing – Um, a really big range of different sizes of brands as well. Like we were kind of worried at one point, oh, the B Corp certification might be too hard for some of the smaller brands to get. And that Mm -hmm. is indeed one of the barriers that we have. But some sort of brands, they get on the process early and they do manage to, do it. So we have a massive range of brands, including an alumnus of this podcast, actually, Thomas Panson at Canopy. Oh, so,
1: brilliant. You've got
3: Thomas. Uh, amazing. Yeah, yeah. So wow. Canopy's on this as well as. Shout Veo. out to Canopy. Yeah. Yeah. Eco Action Games, which is a fairly small brand that does. These um, educational eco games, so it's a big, big range of things, yeah. which I'm really, really excited for going forward as this catalogue grows.
2: Yeah. yeah, And on that point, we've that's got incredible. we've got some big ones in the pipeline, hopefully to come soon. We won't, we won't. Uh, You're not allowed I to. Say I wish we could name
3: drop. I
1: don't uh, think we yeah. should. until <laughs> things,
2: until things are actually signed.
3: Maybe, maybe it's like
1: it rhymes with. Can, can we play that game? <laughs> uh, maybe not today, but uh, maybe yeah. next podcast. We'll... Okay, okay, fine, <laughs> we'll fine. Do.
0: Okay, all right, next time. Okay,
1: sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's actually incredible because also you guys have only just launched your mvp um right so it's very mm. very recent can you tell us a bit more about that and how that's been going yeah so we launched end
3: of august i want to say is yeah. that right yeah so it's been about two two and a bit months now congrats and uh yeah thank you it's been great you know it's been really good um we you know started with obviously very limited flow but now our flows are starting to pick up tracking is starting to pick up we're getting more and more brands on the on the platform now we currently have live 13 with 14 going to go live today. today yeah and then we have a couple more that are like right in the pipeline just waiting on final bits the of... ones
1: you want to name drop so badly but we're not <laughs> going to you, well yeah yeah, yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah the, the, there are those and then there's like a, the slightly longer tail in the funnel right okay, so yeah there are a bunch of them um, but yeah it's been great um, we haven't done any formal marketing yet any formal PR yet okay incredible so, but so it's all
1: organic for now it's
3: all organic for now until oh, oh, after for... this
1: podcast yes yeah. of course oh, <laughs> gonna explode. our server's gonna crash yeah. like, oh my god <laughs> yes Oh, guys you flatter me too much <laughs> (laughs) (laughs)
3: but yeah it's been great Uh, we've obviously had our bugs but I think obviously it's been great to launch in a relatively low traffic time to like iron out these bugs and to work on things but to get the feedback immediately and to iterate in you know lower flow states has been really really good
1: yeah proper agile
3: yeah of course 100% 100%
1: and it is really tough for you guys because obviously you've got two sides of the market so you know you're kind of in the middle you've got supply and demand to sort out and there's always that chicken and egg question of yeah. What do I do first? Yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. a great question. So
2: <laughs> I kind of tackled it um, before we launched this MVP. Um, when I first thought of the, I guess, the proposition, I wanted to get something out there really quickly to, to customers to test um, whether, you know, a sustainable gift card is even something that people want at all? Is it an enticing proposition? Yeah. Yeah. So the first thing I did was build a, a marketplace um, for these gift cards. And essentially all that was was a website that had um, gift cards from the sustainable brands on there. So I just looked up for about 40 different brands. Um, the body shop was on there, um, Allbirds, some ones that people know. Um, and customers would come to the website um, if they, say, clicked on the Body Shop, it would then take you out to the Body Shop's website where you'd just purchase their individual gift card. Perfect. So, so, so
1: just, just a sort of genuine, real, pseudo kind of smoke test. Yeah, yeah it's just with, like
2: yeah. smoke and mirrors, basically, Brilliant. because there was nothing behind it. It was just yeah, links
1: yeah. Um, out to their site. And yeah, then that,
2: that's great because you can track kind of, the links. So, yeah, yeah. E- exactly. But what, we, what I was trying to um, test there is, um, you know, can I get, uh, brands on board mm-hmm. in a sort of like a, a guerrilla marketing type fashion. So it was just putting the brands there okay. and then sort of asking for their permission afterwards. Right. So, right. um, and most brands were like, yeah, that's awesome. You know, we like what you're doing. You, you know, you're obviously promoting traffic to our website and sales, um, and, there were the odd brands that said no, we we don't want to be part of it, and it no, just didn't matter. No, don't want of... more
1: customers. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah, interesting yeah. logic there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, they'll come around. They'll come around. They, you know, they probably they might have had a couple of people come and come with similar things in the past, and maybe didn't yeah. go their way. Yeah, but obviously exactly. you guys are growing, you're getting more and more brands on board, and so on. Mm-hmm. so. I'm sure they'll come mm-hmm. around. Yeah, um, that was how it was done for the marketplace. For yeah.
2: for this now, we've got an actual product where we integrate with the brands directly. Yes, we need to obviously um have a communication with them and, and course, do proper yeah. business development with them and onboard them before we can yeah. put them on our site. But yeah, that was an interesting way of finding out the supply mm. and the yeah. demand side. So you kind of need to have the supply there for customers if if they have if they of want course. something to buy, right?
1: But it's incredible because it's a very kind of low um, low time local. Well, maybe it took a bit of time, but it's, it's sort of lower cost MVP to do. And well, yeah. not even MVP, just like an experiment. Like experiment. With, I mean, yeah. yeah,
3: it's really like a validation tool, right? Yeah, you use it to validate demand, mm. and mm. that was validated in a really easy clean but yeah. also not too scrappy way it was mm-hmm. a proper site proper you know so and you could see real real large real live traffic on it so yeah
1: yeah, yeah. that's and how did you two meet again Maybe you can tell us a bit about that
2: who's, who's gonna start uh, <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah so i joined this eco swap in february sort of time or, yeah. or rather we met in february i mean yeah. sort of Formally decided to work together in sort of March time, if I remember correctly. And um, long story short, I was coming off the back of my first startup that failed in about this time last That's year. Very honestly, year. yeah,
1: <laughs> of course, of course. I
3: mean, like the first startup generally fails, and I learned so much from it, so so much from it. It was a fantastic experience. But yeah, so then we, I was basically on a mission to find my next project and then uh, went on to the YC co-founder matching platform, where I. Where I found Anthony.
2: Yeah, and wow. then,
3: uh, Yeah, we did a trial project. So it does work.
2: Yeah. <laughs> T- T- my, it's Tinder for founders, is what I call it's it. For founders. <laughs> we met online, you know. There so. Yeah, <laughs> oh, there you go. Well, was,
1: wow, look at you too.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> but yeah, no, I really think it's the best platform out there yeah. for meeting co-founders. I tried like so many different methods, like in-person meets, um, different like other co-founding matching platforms, but YC seemed to have the, the best platform in terms of actually meeting people that were yeah, serious that. and good and they had mm-hmm. really good filters and, and whatnot. So, so but, yeah. you actually,
1: so you're joining, okay, that, that's really good to know. I guess there's people listening out there who may be wondering kind of how do I meet my co-founder or, or mm. sort of, if maybe I have an idea and I want to find someone to work with me on it, or maybe I don't have an idea and I want to find someone with a good idea or, or something that I match with and I want to work with on. Um, so you would recommend yc as a part of that because i i do remember i mean we've known each other for a little while of course and i do remember that you were going to a lot of different events and meeting a lot of people and so on Mm -hmm. um what was it about yc's platform i mean obviously yc is not sponsoring this in any way shape or form but Mm -hmm. just generally trying to kind of offer Mm -hmm. help to people listening Mm -hmm. what was it about the the platform that kind of you found useful or did you find that there was a certain way to use it to actually get the best results out of it
3: yeah so i think relative to in-person events in-person events you go to, say, tech meetup event, or even if it's a right. co-founder meetup event, one, the amount of people there will generally be fairly low, mm. at least here in London, and a lot of people there won't necessarily be interested in the kind of things that you're interested in doing, or they're not even trying to be a founder, or they already have a co-founder. Right. So already there's a massive dilution of people who are looking to become a co-founder, looking to find a co-founder. So that's one. But two, I think the YC platform has a very high quality okay. mm-hmm. um, cohort of people on there. Mm-hmm. And there's also lots of people. Um, I think they do have a bit of a selection criteria. They only accept a certain percentage of of applicants. So mm-hmm. the quality of people there is quite high and everyone there is pretty serious. You know, they're, mm-hmm. they're, they're there to genuinely find a co-founder. Whereas I tried some other platforms and like some people were kind of just dabbling. They were just mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, let me just see what's going on. Uh, on top of that, I think with YC the filtering system and yeah. a, and the recommendation engine is really good. You can fill out your profile in a very comprehensive way. Okay. Really good filters like how much time do you have to offer? Um, are you ready to, to to go now or in a year or in six months or whatever it is? Okay, that's really cool. But I think cool. another thing that that I think they do really well is their like um, speed dating events. Mm. They have particular themed speed dating events where you can just go and meet people for five minutes. Snap, 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 snap. Okay. I think you re- and I think with these kinds of things. You really do need volume. You need to have a high frequency of meeting lots of people to kind of find, I'm a a, a good person. You're smart.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, no, fair enough, That being said, I
3: probably met, I spoke to like maybe over a hundred people. Wow. And actually did trial projects with maybe like 10 ish, or at least actually okay. did like a little bit of work. That's it was, like, incredible. 10 or so people. I think Anthony had a much
1: easier yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was yeah. a lot more. I he must be always special yeah. after all of this. You know, <laughs> <laughs> out of I 100 like... people, I've picked you, man.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I came on there and I was like, he's the one. <laughs> so
0: that was the like, first yeah. one. Yeah. First that... and last one.
2: Yeah. I think I, um, yeah, I only spoke to a handful, maybe two or three people, and, um, Straight away I, I, I met Paul and gravitated towards him as, as you mentioned the, the filtering like you can see what the interests are and what people have done and things like that and we had a lot of things that matched like time frame was similar and you know climate was very important to us and that's obviously what we're we're doing. Um, so there was a lot of things that really just ticked the boxes so we pretty much just jumped straight into you know mm-hmm. an initial t- test project okay. and then um, oh. just hit it off from there
1: that's incredible so you had a really lucky time you had a really easy going time Mm. you you went 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 about it essentially like the the tough way of you know i'm just going to go through and see as many people as i can and actually jump on a couple of different projects to make sure i pick the the right person so i guess that kind of explains you know so would you say in the business um i I mean i know that you're slightly more technical right if i'm not mistaken so you're um kind of cto role within the company and uh, is your role the CEO role or the... Yeah, CEO. Okay.
2: So, yeah, my background's in finance. I've been in banking for about 10 years, mainly retail yeah. banking and credit oh. cards. Um, and more Sounds recently... Sounds fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. It pays the bills, that's for sure. Okay. Um, but it there are also obviously really cool things that you can do at big banks, right? You can get a lot of opportunity to, to work in different areas of product. And I think that's sort of where I started to build my skills in, you know, credit cards and finance and understanding the schemes, which sort of transfers directly into gift cards.
1: That's incredible because, yes, you, yeah, so you both kind of bring sort of different elements to the business, which is really cool. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you, I mean, you obviously have experience previously with environmental-related things and kind of like um, um trying to promote sort of um, climate, something related to climate or sort of, sort of like um, living in a way that is more sustainable and so on. Mm-hmm. And you kind of bring that in and then you bring the more sort of the the slightly more fintech side of the, um gift card side of things mm. yeah i would say yeah to kind of summarize that like a little bit more
3: sure so anthony has more experience and covers more of the uh, commercial side of things right. having domain knowledge mm. in this particular space and i probably have more of the sort of tech knowledge and maybe a, like a little bit more startup mm. play experience as well so yeah i think that's brilliant plays a pretty good team
1: Yeah. yeah match made in heaven there you go. Yeah, shout shout out to uh, to YC who are definitely not sponsoring this. But, yeah, maybe they want to. Right? <laughs> yeah, after this, <laughs> they will. will. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that, that that
3: we'll take ten percent, guys.
1: That's I mean. <laughs> only only ten percent. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, that, that's amazing. So, um, so obviously, yeah. So you've launched. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about your plans, or is that still kind of? Uh, yeah, yeah.
2: No, we definitely so. Um, I guess obviously being a a gift card, Q4, Christmas, now that we're live, is a very important and uh, busy time for us. So we're looking to do um, sort of a bit more of a hard launch in the next couple of weeks with a big PR press release and hopefully with some of those bigger brands we've alluded Mm -hmm. to on board and starting to get some more reach. So we're looking to see how much traction we can grow throughout Q4, Um, but we're also specifically targeting b2b right okay. um so you know obviously it's a the end uh, customer is always going to be a consumer that's using yeah. it at one of these retail brands that they can swap it for but um gifting in the uh, business space is you know huge and it makes up probably about 30 percent of the market um for for gift card sales oh, wow. right so okay. 70 to consumers uh uh 30 um,
1: businesses so buying so sort it. of like employers giving their employees exactly. gift cards instead of buying them something they would never use Exactly
2: like, so employee reward and recognition yeah. corporate gifting loyalty to on sale to their customers themselves, all those type of spaces we want to play in, yeah. um, and especially in big business that have ESG agendas. So if you think of any big company these days, they will have- it's
1: pretty much Everyone, right? Everyone yeah. will have
2: an ESG policy, and yet yeah. they haven't got their reward and recognition system aligned to that. Um, So I can even speak for big companies that I've worked for that have these ESG agendas, they're still giving away Amazon gift cards to their staff, right? Um, It's a very easy switch out to move across to EcoSwap so that's yeah, where that's sense. what we want to target to, to begin with.
1: It, it it is really fascinating that there isn't something like this that's already kind of being been able to take the market and infiltrate it because it just sounds like it, it kind of it's one of those things you hear that and you think yeah of course I mean that makes sense mm. why doesn't that exist already yeah um, do you guys have any prominent competitors out there like sort of any key players that you're you're planning to one day of course take over and. Uh, and acquire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly, yeah. It's, it's <laughs> funny. I, fi- I
2: find like we've found a sweet nexus between competitors. We don't have any direct competitors. That's we, really interesting. we might have a few after this podcast. We'll yeah, see. sure, yeah, um, yeah. But we have competitors in the multi-store gift cards that are out there already. So you might have seen the love to shop gift cards and the ones that are sold at the post office and things like that. Um, and then we've got... Um, Sustainable marketplaces and brands, so similar like to, to Canopy, mm. who we're partnered with, um, but other brands out there, that are, they're selling multiple products for sustainable, I see. Um, and they have a gift card themselves. So then you can use their gift card on, on different brands but of through their marketplace.
1: The, the focus <laughs> won't be there for them. No, right? whereas no. you guys, there's a specific thing that you really focus Exactly, on, so yeah.
2: exactly. So we can tailor our user experience around the gifting experience yeah. and make that really cool and own that space. So we found that nexus between um, sustainable brands and then the, the multi-brand gift card.
3: Mm. Yeah, because. Um, The multi store brands they Mm -hmm. typically work with, the big high street brands Mm -hmm. are maybe not so sustainable, Mm -hmm. or they at least have Mm -hmm. a fair dose of of greenwashing in there, you know. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, we kind of target it. We're basically like a niche product Mm -hmm. of one of them, effectively.
2: Yeah. Because Mm -hmm. that, like to that point, it's also a huge barrier to entry for those big multi store incumbents that are already there from if they want to try and encroach into the sustainability space. A lot of the sustainable brands will be like, "Well, I don't want to be on your multi-brand gift card and be put next to Boohoo, yes, which is exactly. obviously yeah. you know a fast fashion brand, and it's just been called out on the BBC documentary." And, and
1: even just being associated with it is not something that you, that you'd want. Like, so even if you can, you know, the companies could argue and say, "Yeah, we're just giving people the options, all of them, and they can pick and choose what they want." But but even being associated with them as a company, you wouldn't mm-hmm. you wouldn't want that. So yeah, yeah, Makes we sense.
2: we just want to be end to end genuinely sustainable and ethical. Which is really so, cool. so yeah, we're of um and we might come on to this later the the name but the original name dinkum um essentially means genuine authentic and true and so essentially our business values are around no greenwashing we want to do everything that we do from scope one two and three emissions. we want to be genuinely sustainable Mm -hmm. and ethical
1: what what language is that dinkum (laughs) it's slang so it's not okay it's it's (laughs) it's actually english
2: but it's it's australian um slang oh i see Okay. okay What were you
3: going to say? Uh, like I forget what we're going to say. Go on, yeah. carry
2: on. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's Australian slang. It's normally said, you might have heard the term fair dinkum. Um, well, that's what most Aussies okay. would say. I see. And you hear it when, um, you know, like you're telling a story and somebody might not find it fully believable. When you say fair dinkum, it means like, yeah, true, genuine. I'm being yeah. honest. So it's like, oh, I went fishing and, and I caught a shark, fair dinkum
1: right okay yeah i've definitely never heard of that in (laughs) in the in the uk yeah yeah. (laughs) Yeah. that's why we changed the name okay
3: (laughs) the name wasn't really landing quite well right to a uk audience yeah like occasionally we'd meet someone who'd either spent time in australia or is australian they're like oh dinkum i get it you know but most people like what like
1: like what does that mean? Yeah. yeah,
3: and the spelling is a little bit odd. I mean, it's it's actually quite good for like a tech company, you know, to have a slightly unusual spelling.
1: Yeah, it was D I N K M, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
3: But I think it, it which is
1: kind of what you expect, yeah, from yeah. a tech company, yeah,
3: exactly. Yeah. But like the sound of it and and the feel of it, I think, wasn't quite landing very well. So yeah, we switched it to something more literal, which I think is actually really useful because our proposition is sometimes like a little bit confusing to people because they receive a gift card, mm. they come to our platform, and then they go, oh, I have to now swap this gift card for another gift card. So we kind of try to uh, educate the consumer just from the name and yeah. sure. the outset. Maybe, so. maybe we should
2: delve into that.
3: I, was, uh, yeah. Yeah. I
1: was actually going to ask, yeah, please yeah. do. So maybe like a little dive a bit more into kind of the the, the, the journey that mm-hmm. a customer would take through, your user would take through. With yeah, you.
3: so I think the key thing to understand is that in terms of our platform, our gift card, so you might buy the EgoStop card, then you come to our platform and then you can choose from a selection of brands but you then swap the value of your EcoSwap card for a card on, say, the Body Shop or or the National Trust or Rituals or whoever it may be. And then you can choose um, whatever value you want, essentially. So I want half here and half there. Brilliant. But there's a swap process that happens there. So once you swap your EcoSwap card, for their card, you're now on their gift card journey. So that's the process that we work with, and that's the process that some of our competitors, or at least the reviews of some of our competitors, uh, basically shows some negative feedback, is that there's a bit of confusion there. So we try to really highlight that point as, as clearly as possible.
1: Yeah. So hence the name EcoSwap. Yeah. yeah.
2: Makes yeah. sense. Yeah. 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 To just to add to that, I guess in the in the gifting world, the gifting terminology, there's two types of programs that you could run uh-huh. to have a similar proposition. One's called the two-step model, um, which is what we're doing, right. and the other one is an open-loop um, restricted model, which okay. would be when you partner with like a Mastercard or a Visa, and you just use their payment rails. Um, and then they can basically just choose whatever retailers they want in by their merchant category codes. I see. Yeah. And it's quite easy to create a program around that because you can just use the payment rails that are already there yeah. and say, yeah. anyone who uses, uh, accepts MasterCard or Visa
1: will be on those. Yeah, essentially. Yeah, could yeah. essentially
2: be on there. Yeah. But there's a lot of um, limitations with that around the customer experience and how much you can own the customer journey as well. Um, so it comes with the limitations. It's also a regulated journey as well. So it comes oh. with business complications for that journey. Okay. Um, so yeah, we have a little bit more of friction with that extra two step from swapping it from our gift card to another, but then we can build upon the customer experience in in many different ways that having an openly restricted journey couldn't.
1: so so can you because uh, this can get a little bit technical, of mm-hmm. course. and so it might be a little bit hard for mm-hmm. some people listening who don't understand mm-hmm. the the sort of the the terms or the yeah. why the restrictions are there, for example, because it, it strikes me as though these are, um, you're dealing with something financial, and so there happens there has to be some form of regulation around it. Yeah, and so there are models to kind of accommodate for those regulations. Is that yeah. is that sort of the reason why these these exist?
2: Yeah. So yeah, exactly right. So on in terms of the regulation, so w- the one we're doing is not regulated, and mm-hmm. the reason being is because. Mm-hmm it is restricted to only the stores within your ecosystem. Got it. So only, um, so if you think about the regulation, it comes into force when you're dealing with a product that is quite liquid and easy to move around. Yeah. And the fact that we only integrated with a set group of stores means that you can only spend that money in this ecosystem. So I it's see. kind of like the eco-swap
1: digital money ecosystem. Effectively, you can't go and swap it for crypto or cash. Yeah, exa- exactly. <laughs> right? yeah.
3: exactly. Or buy arms or, yeah, you know, or of course. Whatever. Whatever maybe, you
1: know. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. Of course, yeah. So that's what, yeah, and wow. that's why if you're using a Mastercard uh-huh. or a Visa, that's it's open to all these, like basically the whole payment ecosystem, and therefore um, easier to infiltrate or use for fraud and bad behaviour, and therefore mm-hmm. it needs to be regulated. So what we're doing is a lot safer, and therefore we don't need to jump through all the hoops of um, being regulated by the FCA.
1: Are there any pros and cons to that from a from a like a sort of a running the business perspective? I mean, would mm-hmm. you? I never thought I'd ask anyone that question. Would you prefer to be regulated <laughs> regulated mm-hmm. in some way or, yeah. or do you have more fun and uh, not being in, in a in sort of a, so, a, a regulated... Uh, so
2: from my point of view, and, and I've got the background, I guess, coming from working in credit cards and um, banking, um, being regulated is very good to, to make sure that you have, you're meeting your risk and obligations and making sure that at the end of the day you're giving a good customer experience. Um, but within gift cards um the the way our model is set up the the regulation wouldn't really add that much benefits to to the to the customers to the end customer where it's important for us to be regulated is um for our green claims and green credentials and ethical behavior because we want to be that genuine ethical and sustainable brand it's important that we meet those requirements and the requirements that we're asking our brand partners to meet. So, we're, we've just started our own B Corp journey, um, okay. so yeah, thank you, Congrats. that's just the beginning, it takes, Congrats, it takes a Congrats, good luck. Yeah, yeah. thank you. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we want to be regulated by all these um, organisations that are going to be coming in and looking at uh, end-to-end you know, value chain, they're going to be looking at how we operate our business with our labour force. and once we have a bigger team, I guess, um, mm-hmm. and, and how we run out energy and everything like that. But um, I just guess on, on the financial point, it's not gonna detriment our, our customer journey or experience in any way. Okay, perfect.
1: Mm. And I guess it's um, I guess with regulation, that, that is uh, a great way to look at it, is that it's there to help the consumers mm-hmm. kind of get what they're being advertised in a way, and then there's no fraud or any sort of bad behavior in the system, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I understand correctly you're bootstrapping this right yep, so far yeah How, so how's fun. that been how's how's that journey been uh, been for you is it uh, yeah. would you would you say that uh, cuz it, it's actually it's quite funny that i think a lot of people um after the last cycle of kind of funding was mm-hmm. going a little bit crazy and getting funding was really difficult and it still is very difficult in the UK and mm-hmm. and in Europe mm-hmm. um more so than the US and more so than the middle east and some other markets um a lot of people are trying to fundraise and it's taking a lot of time and it's costing a lot of energy and and mental capacity and so on. Um, and then there are a few others saying, you know what, screw this, we're just going to try and bootstrap it and mm-hmm. try to get to early mm-hmm. revenue as quickly as possible and kind of mm-hmm. break even or whatever we can do as early as possible. Yeah. Um, are, you sort of, are you sort of on a similar journey with regards to bootstrapping and the kind of thinking let's try and get to revenue as quickly as possible or yeah. break even and then we can think about raising yeah. and is that kind of the reason why or are you just thinking generally speaking you know yeah. what would rather not bring investors in right yeah. now and just kind of
3: yeah like yeah. i would say um, i think ultimately Antony and i were on the same page in that mm-hmm. we don't need to fundraise right now mm-hmm. you know we can build this ourselves mm-hmm. yeah we can bootstrap it we don't need to fundraise so why would we you know obviously by fundraising we would accelerate things maybe but we are you know taking sort of our, our time if you like to kind of really find product market fit and to kind of find our feet with this project that having said once we do um demonstrate hopefully over q4 that there is real demand and real traction we could then you know, then raise and then accelerate. Uh, And we can hopefully negotiate better terms as well, obviously, in in terms of investment.
2: I think just to add to that, I think we've been very fortunate in our product, Mm. right? Because it's a digital product. Um, We don't have any overheads, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, we've got everything we need between the two of us to create the MVP, launch that, get that live, um, and organically start to promote it. Um, and we've already, you know, we're, we're in the revenue. We've started making sales already. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so fantastic. now the, the funding is only just going to, you know, exacerbate that, make that go quicker, yeah. but we haven't needed to up until this point.
1: Which is a really to, nice yeah. position to be in. It's a very comfortable position to be in. hundred yeah. percent, especially
3: in this climate to really oh, demonstrate yeah. profitability. Mm-hmm. That's like so key. least it's going to make that conversation way easier rather Absolutely, than just right. selling vision and selling idea. Mm-hmm. Right. And, uh, but yeah, ultimately we can, you know, if yeah. you can, then why not yeah. so Anthony still works full-time and I've wow. sort of been on this full-time for like a little while now okay. I do I, I was doing like a bit of freelancing here and there sure. but now I'm on I'm on it full-time and I'm kind of living off savings a little bit and uh dipping into those uh, dipping into my savings yeah. <laughs> hopefully not for too much longer <laughs> and then uh and then yeah yeah Amazing. well, see what happens.
1: Yeah. well, well it's, it's, it's definitely a smart thing to do um yeah it's crazy how like we've gone through a shift and people are now seeing the value of running the business in the way that normally you'd run a traditional business which is can we actually be can we break even can we get profitable can we do the basics that should be there for any business to make Mm. sense in the first place because Mm. we went through this like wave of just unwavering optimism and just ridiculous valuations and Mm. everything else that was going around and Mm. It, people were like, oh, screw it. I'll just, I'll just raise 500K and yeah. it doesn't matter if we don't get anywhere with it. It's fine. we will just kind of, it's so good. They, they know that's part of the game kind of thing. Yeah. Whereas now, the reality check for a lot of people is like, oh, wait a second. We're meant to be running a business. We're meant to be kind of building something that's going to be making revenue and profitable yeah. and so on. So, um, and I,
2: I feel like on that point, like I yeah. feel like VCs were making that a self fulfilling prophecy for yeah. the startups because yeah, yeah, they're just yeah. saying, "Well, we're just going to chuck so much money at all these different startups, and hopefully, one out of a hundred sticks and launches, and then we yeah. make it all back." So it became a numbers game. It's so yeah, true it's mm.
3: very true. Yeah, like I think just from like a, a philosophical perspective as well, I like I prefer that you you were building something that's actually tangible Mm. but then obviously that model doesn't necessarily apply to all ideas But i think Mm. for this idea we can do it it's not like it's a deep tech problem where you really need to raise a lot of
1: funding and so on yeah to like get a
3: factory and to like you know to start to melt steel and stuff you know so (laughs) yeah that's true for us it's it's all just code and we may as well may as well just bootstrap it yeah fair enough Mm -hmm. wow
1: um yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And it will make fundraising a lot easier for you once once you get to that point uh, that, that you want to fundraise. If you want to fundraise, right, maybe it will go so well with the clients so you can get all the revenue that you want. And be like, you know what, just going to chuck the profits back in and we can grow this way. You never know. So, that would know, be amazing.
3: Yeah. <laughs> that would be
2: better. Yeah. Right?
1: Yeah.
3: I think that is the dream scenario. But yeah, yeah, I think we'd have to have a really, really good Q4. I think the main thing is getting in front of people, right? Because yeah. like the product's there, it works, but we need to market and until we market, unless we do some really clever growth hacking techniques, but we haven't been able to come up with anything just yet, mm. we probably need to do some paid ads, yeah. which is where the investment would come from, you know. So, yeah. have you guys? Yeah. <laughs> That's a tricky one.
1: Have you guys? Uh, are you on all social media platforms at the moment? Are you sort of working with all of them, or pretty yeah. much? Yeah. We're ma-
2: we're mainly focused on I'd say LinkedIn and Instagram. Okay. Um, but we are across all. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Do you find there are certain demographics that you'd rather that you target more than others and do you feel like that all be an Instagram or maybe more on Snapchat and TikTok or Yeah, it's a good point. I mean, I
2: guess to my earlier point around targeting B2B to begin with. That's why LinkedIn is probably one yep. of the main ones yep. for us because um you know, we're trying to get in with those HR departments that are yeah. taking care of the reward and recognition or top level management that look after that, so LinkedIn is very strong. But then, as I said as well, it's ultimately, it's a consumer product, so it yes. will end up in the consumer's hands. So we still need to have a presence, um, yeah. you know, where the consumers lie. And you've seen that, um, well, Gen Z and, and millennials are huge in, in buying gift cards, um, and they're- Oh, the they, I,
1: I didn't realise, okay. Okay, yeah, yeah, thank you. The, uh, when you say Gen Z and millennials, it makes me feel really good about myself because um, it, you know, it makes me feel younger. <laughs> you're uh, still so young, mate. Yeah. I know. You're right. right. <laughs> I'm fine, worry. right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Am I, am I Gen Z now? My groups are the same same category as Gen Z now. I love it. Surely you're a millennial, right? I am a millennial. So <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah.
3: Um, <laughs> We're all basically the same age. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. A year apart or two years apart between Yeah.
2: between all of us. Yeah.
1: Okay, that's, that's not too bad. Yeah, yeah so I mean, um,
2: <laughs> yeah, having a digital product you're going to have that adoption, across, I guess, across yeah. more the younger people as well. Yeah. yeah, but I think with social media,
3: like after doing my first startup, I kind of learned how hard it is to do like Instagram content or general social media content. And I was kind of quite skeptical at first. Mm. I was like, look, let's, if you can't do it right, mm. let's just not do it because you're competing like with, you know, really viral addictive clips Mm -hmm. and we're coming in basically trying to sell a product trying to be educational it's less it's much less sticky but we've had we have had a go and we've been working with a social media manager Mm -hmm. like out in the philippines Mm -hmm. like shout out to andrew and um yeah and but it is tough i think you do need to find your voice and you need to grow that and to spend Mm -hmm. realistically you have to be putting out content so regularly to get that traction in the first place. But yeah, it's which a really is, tough game on yeah. like on the socials.
2: But for us, it's, we're lucky that we partner with all these really cool brands, some mm. of which do have huge social followings, right? Mm. So if we can tap into even just a portion of that yeah. over time, um, that should help us become successful, we can sort of ride off the back of some of that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. And I think back to the point you're making, Paul, about the um, how hard it is to get out of there. I guess that's what a lot of people can maybe burn money on. I mean, I, I, know, I know, for example, at my previous company, we spent a lot of money on um, social media, um, um, paid mm. ads and so on, things like that. Mm. And it, it does work, but it does cost Mm. quite a lot of money and then it becomes a game of okay how do we reduce the costs and how can we get the CAC down as low as possible and so yeah. on and you start looking at different markets and so on and you realize there's different prices but yeah ultimately I, I mean I, I, honestly with QFinds for example we when we went to university job fairs and spoke to people there you just signed people up by the dozens and it was so easy. It was Mm. so easy to just bring people onto the platform and it doesn't cost you anything. The Mm -hmm. university wants you to be there. So Mm. in a way it's kind of like that tapping into the, 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 if you're, you're helping someone out, there is a big company or organization that has access to a lot of your kind of customer. Yeah. Great.
2: (laughs) That's a great point. And we need to, I guess, do a bit more of that as time goes on just to get, to, and we have been doing it a lot, going to expos and going yeah. to these sort of events where there are people that are sustainably focused, um, and you just talk to them about it and they're like, I'll use that myself. So whether they're a B2B sale mm. or not, they'll end up saying, well, I'll buy it for myself e- even if I'm not going to, you know, give it to my staff. It yeah. sounds like yeah. a cool product that I might use my- myself. Yeah, we had a stool. Mm
3: at least scheduled at the okay. sustainability show in london in october but then the okay. event got postponed yeah. so like we were kind of hoping that so that was our kind of our main stall that we were planning for but we really should get onto more stalls yeah. and uh figure out where we can just set up shop mm. and just talk to people coming through yeah. because at the moment we're attending events and we're speaking to lots of people but i think having that real like you know brand there people yeah, will come yeah. to us and really speak mm. to them in, in that sort of capacity i think mm would Be really good, yeah.
1: And I think it helps a lot when the founders are doing it as well, right? Like when, when people see the founders passionate and talking about it, and 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 you know, not necessarily selling the idea, but just talking about the vision and the product and why they love it and why they're working on it and building this thing and dedicating so much time to it, especially if they're bootstrapping. I think that's 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 a good selling point, uh, as well, yeah. kind of for people to like believe in your product. So, um, so yeah, so. Best of luck with uh, with the stores and everything. I mean, I saw you guys went to an event. Was it last week? You went to a sustainability event. Was it the yeah. week before or something? We've to a few. I'm going to one like after this, actually. Really?
0: <laughs>
3: there you go. Yeah we, yeah, we went to how, a kind,
2: con, kind conference. Yeah, and then there's a the Net Zero
1: Summit the yeah. week before that.
3: Net Zero Festival, and then there was the uh, Ethical Consumer Conference. That was and a lot on Thursday. How, how are
1: you finding all these conferences, these kind of sustainability mm. conferences? And, and there's quite a few of them around London mm-hmm. by the sound of it. Mm-hmm. Um. How do you find them? Are they, uh, there's a lot of kind of greenwashing and a lot of just random crap, or is it actually really good? Kind of, yeah. What you I think,
2: about? I think they differ. There are some that are better than others. Like, uh, um, I went to the Blue Earth Summit uh, last month, um, and that was amazing. That was just so good. Um, that was a, a really big event Blue down Wayne. in Bl- Blue Earth, oh, Blue Earth, Earth. Okay. yeah, down in Bristol. Yeah. Um, and it was run over three days. Um, two days were in. Um, sort of this big converted factory that I think they use for raves on the weekends and things oh, like that. Cool. That was really cool. Lots oh. of different stages. Um, people across all industries. So you stay for
1: the weekend, I presume then? Uh, no, <laughs> I had to
2: actually come back on the on the Friday. Um, oh, yeah. But there were, on the Friday, I missed out on the main event, which was a surfing day. Uh, they had people oh, wow. going out to the big wave where they just had surf competitions and uh, people incredible. meeting and stuff there. So that was a cool event.
1: Presuming you'd be good at that, right? Given given. Given life, I'm yeah. Aussie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like
0: if you're not, there might be something. Yeah. <laughs>
2: well, I can stand up on a surfboard, but uh, for an Aussie, I'm crap. Okay, fair <laughs> but, enough. I mean, it is a stereotype that goes with every <laughs> yeah. Aussie's FIFA, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. But what about uh, the net zero? There was um, you were saying the greenwashing. There was some mm. guy that. Poured Coca Cola on that? Oh, right. <laughs> so yeah.
3: So at the Net Zero Festival, which was a two day event, I think on the first day, um, Coca Cola had a representative on one of the panels, and they were talking, you know, about their something. Like I wasn't at the event, but they were talking about their ESG policy or something. And then during that process, I think either an Extinction Rebellion protest or a Just the Bull. I forget which one. <laughs> they come on stage and they start you know, speaking loudly and saying their points, and then they poured two cans of coke all over themselves. Oh so God. no assault, but they made a point in the stage. So that yeah, was kind of yeah. an interesting one. Uh-huh. But the apparently the, um, the mediator of the panel was like, yeah, let's hear the processor out, and they had a bit of a dialogue. Wow, so I thought that was cool. pretty good. Yeah. I think in some of the greenwashing at these events, there tends to be not much, I would say. Okay, um, that's good. Coke may have, you know, been a big sponsor, which might have been something there. But I think it's also good to hear out these big companies, big companies, like at least hear them out. Um, and maybe they are genuinely trying, I don't know. But
1: but that, that's actually a really good point, because, you know, it, it's almost like maybe if you give them the chance to to be on the stage and actually talk about it, and so maybe it will encourage the, the yeah. more and more to be done.
3: So. And like, if they are sort of moving towards a net positive position that's at least better than them not but yeah obviously we don't want to necessarily promote them too much but generally the events are good they sort of vary in scale and sort of maybe um what's the word like professionalism maybe or they vary in sort of budget if you like but um yeah i think they're all good they're all all good networking they're always filled with people who are doing good stuff or trying to do good stuff so it's always really i find all of them Mm. at least inspirational really like wow Okay. okay there are people out there doing really cool stuff cool ideas like i about the least.
1: That's amazing. Yeah, I saw there was That's a great. big Tesla, one of the ones we went to recently. Right? Oh yeah, yeah, a... that was
2: a sustainability summit in um, Manchester.
3: Manchester. Yeah, were yeah. you,
1: were you uh, driving them around, or were you? Uh, no, we should have got
2: a go, but yeah,
3: you could pre-book mm. to test the Mod- model X. I think it was. That was the X, which, okay. Yeah, which nice. would have been great. Yeah. But uh, so not the Cybertruck. No, sorry. <laughs> yeah, the Cybertruck. No.
2: Was it, Cybertruck the, no, it the Cybertruck a little? No, was it the Cybertruck.
3: Was not the Cybertruck? Yeah, I think yeah. a model X maybe. Anyway, or we'll, the we'll, model Y or something, I forget. But uh yeah, next time, next time.
1: Yeah. yeah <laughs> definitely, definitely. I I feel like as as uh, co-founders of a uh, of a sustainability related uh product, you kind of have no choice but to drive Teslas around everywhere. So. Wow, well, we take it a step further
2: <laughs> and we only ride bicycles. So Oh, look at that. Yeah, wow. so <laughs> I t- we touched on scope emissions earlier on, but oh, really, right, yeah. like in terms of sc- what scope emissions are, like mm-hmm. you have your scope one, two, and three. Okay. And scope one is how you basically run your own shop, like your buildings and your transport for whatever it is that you're doing. Your scope two is the energy that you need to, to, to create whatever it is you're manufacturing or your service. And then scope three is the up and downstream impact. So like what are your suppliers doing and then what do the end customers do? Okay. So I guess the way our EcoSwap is built, you know, it's built around the scope three in that mm-hmm. We only, we're bringing together really good suppliers for our customers Um, but also we want to make sure that we're ticking off our Scope 1 and Scope 2. So both Paul and I, we work from home, so we're not adding any additional electricity that that we wouldn't be using otherwise. We cycle around and we catch public transport, so we're not driving any cars, so Scope 1 tick. And then Scope 2, we've actually partnered with um, Crystal for our hosting provider, so like our internet hosting platform. Uh, is using Crystal, which is a uh, B corporation, and they're the f- first one hundred percent renewable energy hosting provider. Oh really? Yeah. Wow! i have so, never heard of
1: them. That's incredible. Yeah, um,
2: they're great. They're amazing. really good. Yeah, good. amazing support as well. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and you know, people don't think well when when they think it's a digital product product they think oh you know that's more sustainable than a physical but there's an argument that can be made exactly there's like the internet makes up like i don't know like 15 percent of something of greenhouse gas emissions oh
1: it's a lot yeah Yeah. what what was the statistic around you you might know this was statistic around um uh open air to to train gpt Mm. the daily usage of servers and the amount of energy that was used is like enough to power a country or something stupid like that not yeah. the daily, but like the the amount of energy that was used across a certain period of time or whatever it was. Yeah,
3: I mean, training models is super intensive, and it's only getting more and more. At least in terms of like CPU usage, mm. it's it's getting crazy, crazy. But um, but yeah, I think I heard recently that as everything becomes more like electrified, mm. you know, transport's becoming more electrified and uh, housing, so building maintenance is becoming mm. more electrified. Mm-hmm. Our demand on electricity. Is gonna triple, apparently. Wow, that's all these things, be- uh yeah,
1: which is actually a big, a big thing, and bigger, bigger than maybe a lot of people realize. Because the, I mean, you, your background's in engineering, right? Um, so mm. you, you might know a bit about the stuff, probably, well, definitely a lot more than I do, um, and probably a lot more than, than many people. Um, but the grid system in the UK, as far as I know, is not that great. Um, <laughs> as in, it, it wouldn't necessarily actually be able to sustain the amount of electricity that would need to run through it to power. Wow everyone have an electric vehicle at home, for example, right?
3: Yeah, so I studied civil engineering, so I understand yeah, concrete. I okay, rocks, got it. Basically. All right. <laughs> no, so,
1: but so uh, all, all engineers put... to me are the sinner. Yeah. <laughs> I was, yeah, no, I was no, waiting I for you to that. drop bombs yeah. of wisdom on yeah. that one. I'm I don't know how things stand up. I don't care about the wires yeah. that run through them. That's someone else's yeah, job, yeah. all right? <laughs>
3: but, you know, I, I did hear that, though. I did hear yeah. that. The grid, I mean, it kind of makes sense in many ways. We are a pretty established mature fairly old country like a lot of our systems probably are fairly um outdated here and there and uh t- to get big amounts of public funding to redo uh s- big bits of infrastructure might not be, might super not be as easy yeah. politically viable you know yeah
1: that, that's also very true yeah because they, they do take quite quite a long time i guess um I guess we need Japan to get the nuclear fusion reactor to mm-hmm. to to make even more progress faster and faster. Who's in the lead at the moment? Isn't, isn't It's Japan is it, Japan. Yeah. Japan is Just not, a couple of days ago, I think they Is uh, yeah.
3: not the one the ITER, the international so, talk about e- ITR.
1: Yeah, so basically that Japan has built uh one that's gonna be supporting that one in some way so that's okay. that's like the the longer term vision for that one. i think that's 2025 they're looking to get that one going okay but these things obviously can take quite a long time yeah yeah but they have one that's um i can't remember the name of it now but they've they just recently managed to sustain a certain amount of plasma or whatever going through that you yeah, know that's oh, now beat the record so uh, yeah just recently they it was like two months
3: ago or something they managed to get net positive energy but it was on a tiny, tiny, tiny scale. Yeah, It was like, like yeah, a yeah. micro, micro scale for like yeah. half a second or something that they managed yeah. to get net positive. So now it's about taking that breakthrough and that understanding and scaling it up, yeah. which according to like some estimates, it's, it's going to be decades yet. Yeah, like, uh, but yeah,
1: hopefully But it's soon. In, the, in the pipeline. It's in the pipeline, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. It's in the pipeline, which have to not destroy the Earth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. For 50
2: years.
3: <laughs> and then, and then <laughs> and we'll, we'll get there. Yeah. And then we'll
1: have it. That would be amazing. Can you yeah. imagine having nuclear power? That would be, be absolutely insane. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean I, I hope we see it in our lifetime. I think I think that would be that would just be incredible. Mm-hmm. I think it would be too much energy we wouldn't know what to do with that. Um well yeah. I've
2: heard I've heard like, you know, Elon Musk talking on podcasts about the what solar can do already today. Yeah, like well, we don't really course, need to yeah, yeah. jump so quickly to nuclear fusion when, you know, just a small area can power so much like I think he was saying like a corner of one small state could power the whole of the U.S. Absolutely. And mm-hmm. solar. The,
1: yeah. It's a bit of an issue with batteries and things like that though right I yeah. mean, in, in terms of mm-hmm. so even sustainability side around mm-hmm. batteries and and how yeah I mean that that's a whole that's a whole other thing is uh kind of what will happen there I'm actually I, I really I want to bring someone at some point on the podcast to talk about mm-hmm. this in more detail someone mm-hmm. kind of really knows their stuff when it comes yeah. to solid state batteries and other types of batteries to kind of just tell us a bit more about. Yeah, where that's going to go and where it's going. But one thing I have uh, heard uh, recently is that the UK is basically outsourcing its power to Morocco, right? Um,
3: So, I mean, solar power,
1: yeah. So, building out massive solar farms out of Morocco and then Uh, outsourcing the the energy basically. Essentially, yeah, getting wires through the ocean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah getting it in that yeah. way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've
2: got um, underwater cables that go from Morocco into Spain and then that powers throughout Europe. There um, there's already one that's there, but they're looking to increase that like by an order yeah. of magnitude. And, and they obviously... The Sahara Desert, northern Africa, gets a lot
1: of sun, right? So I mean, you can power the whole world yeah. with a bit of the Sahara Desert, mm-hmm. really. And it's mm-hmm. just, mm-hmm. if if geopolitically we can all agree, I think that would probably be yeah. a no-brainer solution to to the energy that. To, yeah, I mean, uh,
3: sand might be an issue there. Sure. Yeah. Maintenance in terms of cleaning the actual P- the PV panels, but but yeah,
2: But on that geopolitical point, I guess they're doing it in Australia and Asia, so. Oh. Northern Australia is doing it into Asia and you know, there's very good political relations right. in the Asian network. So it's it's kind of that that's happening in a bit of a smaller scale, but you could do yeah. the same over Africa, Europe.
1: Yeah, it makes sense, Australia as well. I mean, there's certain parts of that that are really hot, right? You, can't, you yeah. actually can't do anything now, <laughs> <that>. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Which part of Australia are you from, by the way?
2: I'm from Melbourne, Melbourne. originally, but I have lived on the West Coast as well, um, Western Australia, okay. that's where I learned to surf i mean He's really good, by the way. Really? Yeah, I can stand up. Yeah.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what more do you yeah. want, right? Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> I, I can't even stand up on a skateboard, so I think it's. Uh, <laughs> I think you're probably definitely way ahead of me on that one. Um, do you surf, Paul? Have you ever surfed before? Yeah, so I've You, surfed... you me as someone who would be a surfer.
3: <laughs> yeah, so I've surfed basically twice. I surfed once for a weekend trip. That was actually a drinking trip masquerading as a surfing trip, uh-huh. it was it was March time, really cold in the UK. So we surfed like two hours a day, oh, but then yeah. I did a week. Mate, you went drunk while
2: you were surfing, <laughs> I probably was yeah, still that's drunk that's from, that's me from the night before. The night before.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it was a student trip, so. But then I surfed more recently in Costa Rica for a week. Oh, so like I did like yeah. lessons. I stayed in like a surf retreat sort of thing. That was great. But yeah, like I, like I want to get more into it. Yeah. Long story short.
1: It looks like a pretty fun job for an entrepreneur. I don't. Know, I don't know why. Just I, f- I feel like it's a. Uh...
3: It's one of those yeah. dreams to like be able to work remote yeah. by the sea and you know get a surfing every day. I think that that's one of the sort of dreams and one of the perks of being a startup founder is exactly. that if you establish yourself well, you can uh structure your life
2: to do that. Yeah. So uh yeah. Well, well that's what a... one of our brand partners is doing, isn't it? So um ah. we've got Ethical Bedding as one of our um, brands on EcoSwap and the yeah. founder of that, um James, I forget his last name, but he was actually on Dragon's Den. Um, he's gone out to Bali now and he's set up his company there and he's Close like he has. he's just like that <laughs> surfer character, <laughs> long long hair, just yeah, you know, really enjoyed out, himself, chilled yeah. out, yeah, really. Nice what what guy. do they
1: do? ethical bedding, did you said. Yeah,
2: ethical bedding. So they um, they make uh, sheets and, and uh bed covers and pillowcases and anything to do with bedding. Um, ethically I think they use um, eucalyptus um, for the majority of their materials, um, but they just do it in such a more um, nature-friendly way than any other type of material that's out there at the moment. So, yeah, it's a really good company.
1: It's always always a bit of a a slightly tough one. So with companies like that, for example, and, and, you know, say they're B Corp certified or whatever, Mm -hmm. does the certification tend to look into things like the sort of the overall kind of... um, cycle of making those products and, mm-hmm. and and kind of like the the whole kind of life cycle of the product and how it gets disposed later but then how that might affect things around it so for example, if we suddenly need to plant a lot of avocados because mm. apparently it's healthy, and, and it's like if you want many, many, many vegans and vegetarians and so on eat a lot more avocados, for example, than, than uh, people would otherwise. There's obviously a massive hipster movement mm. all over the world where mm. avocados have become just a thing now, yeah. but obviously growing them and taking a lot of farmland, yeah. cropland, just to grow avocados can potentially be detrimental in some way, so yeah, with some of those products, I guess, to kind of, for some of the consumers that or people that might be listening, um. I presume that the certification would look into things like that and kind of yeah. try to be more holistic in the way that they approach it, right? Yeah, for
2: sure. I mean, the B Corp one definitely does. It looks at the downstream impacts and, um, you know, the effect on the labor force and what's happening in that geography and, and how that's displacing other people. And I know the avocados is a big one. I don't know too much um, of the details on that one, sure. but I know, you know, it's this woke or well not woke, but like hipsters and everyone. I, I love an avocado myself. I mean, me so too. I yeah, I mean, I to, come <laughs> on.
1: I, I would have one. I would have a few every day if I, you know. So yeah.
2: But apparently, like you know, the land that's used to yeah. generate those avocados kills so many insects and a- a habitat and uh, wildlife anyway. So, yeah. you know, what are the op- opposite effects of you know creating this one good thing? Is it creating bad things over here? B Corp definitely looks into that.
1: That's great. That's really, really cool. So that reassures people as well when it comes to kind of if they want to be gen- genuinely holistic in and, and sort of in what they do. Uh, really cool. And do you find, I mean, I suppose, because you obviously you must be looking into the market and kind of seeing what's out there, what kind of companies are offering, what sort of sustainability products and so on, which might give you a lot of incredible ideas for incredible businesses to launch uh, for, you know, <clears throat> your many future ventures I'm sure I mean uh, I'm sure this will be a massive success and then after that you're going to want to go and launch multiple other businesses and so on Mm -hmm. Um, so you probably are going to get a lot of ideas on where the niches are kind of where the gaps are in the market are you are you spotting any of that at the moment like if you were to say there uh, there's a huge gap in this particular area and I wish that someone was kind of like doing more innovative products around that are there any of those that are available or is, is everything just kind of saturated already? Um, I would
3: say we haven't necessarily spotted oh there's this enormous opportunity here and yeah. there but we definitely have been talking about oh how what does it look like in five ten years time yeah. beyond simply the gift card what might it turn into yeah. and we've spoken about a few ideas such as like becoming like an aggregator okay. so we basically partner with all these brands and we become this sort of hub that so other people can access these brands via our via our tech. That's probably one possible route that we might go down. And then mm. you mentioned one of, one value recently, uh, I feel yeah. what you were saying.
2: I'll come onto that in a second, just back on, I guess um, the, the gaps and some areas I've been thinking a little bit. And um, I think around technology, mm. um, there's more that can be done in the circular space. So we've we've we're in talks with some cool brands like Reboxed here in the UK. They do a really good j- job at like doing refurbished iPhones and like MacBooks and things like that. Um, but I guess technology itself intrinsically isn't sustainable. Like when you're buying something new or, or the end-to-end value chain of that. So I think there can be more done around. The circular economy around technology so that could be a good you know space to get into And okay, um, yeah. there are some companies that already get into that like i mentioned mm-hmm. rebox but yeah. um, there's a lot more that i think can be that can be done around there mm. um, yeah a
1: friend of mine is working on a, um, a sustainable fashion one um, so <clears throat> effectively secondhand fashion uh, in europe and how to just get that out there a little bit more and and have less waste when it comes to take, like textile waste in general yeah, um mm, and, mm. and there doesn't seem to be that much work being done on that apart from mm. kind of like charity shops and the general high street places you can go and give clothes back there doesn't mm. seem to be i mean we have a lot of bins in the uk you can go and kind of throw your uh, stuff in there but i think some really uh, sorry go on, no no I'm there might be more value that could potentially be extracted out of that but yeah. yeah,
3: so I think like in terms of the sort of circular or maybe second use, third use clothing space, there are some interesting things happening. Mm-hmm. I think there are some swap platforms. Mm-hmm. There's a platform called Don't Shop Swap. That's pretty awesome. They're kind of doing this sort of swap idea, but, but taking it online. Yeah. There's also rental. Clothing rental yeah, is getting like bigger that. and bigger. Yeah. There's a company called Her, H-U-R-R, that does clothing rental for women's wear. Okay. There's also a new brand called Garmst. Well, fairly new. They're yeah. about to re- pre Seed, I think, or Seed, um, and they do men's shirts. So I think the rental space I find really, really compelling yeah. going forward. Mm-hmm. It just makes so much sense. Like, so the way maybe these brands work is that you pay like a monthly subscription, mm-hmm. then you get sent a bunch of clothes every month, yeah. okay. and then you can like change up your wardrobe, keep it fresh, get really high quality, mm-hmm. good, uh, well sourced, well made clothes, and you get a constant flow of interest of, of new clothes. You know, so I think. That um, is a pretty compelling model. There are things happening there. And I think in terms of um, there are brands that do, you know, after you're finished with a pair of shoes, I forget which brand now, or is it shoes or clothes? But once you're finished with it, you send it back to them. And then you get, you know, a big discount or you get some money back and then they repurpose
2: those fabrics. So there is like quite a lot of stuff happening in that
3: space. That's
1: really cool. Yeah,
2: and the other one is um, similar to that, but worn wear like Patagonia does it really well. It's like send your stuff back and get it repaired mm. um, instead of buying something new.
1: It, it um, is brilliant how we're kind of going back to square one, right? Makes <laughs> yeah, it makes, it makes sense. Yeah, it really does. It really does, yeah. It's absolutely. I mean, I remember back in the day, growing up when I was uh, when I was young in Egypt. Um, you have these kind of shoe places where, you, like, the, the, as in throwing shoes away, it's just mm-hmm. not something that you do as commonly as you do. When I here, when I came here, for example, it's like if there's a problem with it, you kind of take it to a guy and they will take the whole sole off and fix the whole thing and it's yeah. brand new again. Yeah. you know, or whatever, or even with clothes, like you know, grandpa, grandma, or, or my aunt, or my mum, or whatever, or someone in the family. We'll just kind of stitch it up and, and it looks as good as new. And they were very good at it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so.
3: Like Mo's brother, he was um, a fashion designer for a while. Or mm. He's still a very creative dude. I remember him coming yeah. with like jeans that he like patched up in
1: <laughs> yeah. such a cool way. this yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> your, your brother. My brother. Yeah. Yeah. brother yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Cairo. Shout out to Cairo. <laughs> um, yeah, he's a very, very creative soul. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and I, I mean... I remember getting a rip in one of, my, uh, one of my jeans at one point and then I was like, oh, it's got a rip. He was like, oh, don't worry about it. So just kind of cut it up. And then put a few more cuts in different places to just look like it's meant to look like that. I and then that. that's it. And you could get like another year of yeah, yeah, another year I of wearing that. that. And that's it looks true. super cool. So like Yeah. yeah.
2: yeah. I actually yeah, I remember when the jean shorts, I don't know if it was the same here in the UK, but in Australia it was all the rage having like jean shorts that were teared at the yeah. bottom. Yeah. So we all just got all of our old pairs of <laughs> yeah. jeans that just cut the halfway.
0: Exactly. Out. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Trying to make them look cool. Yeah. yeah that's incredible. It's, it's really really cool to see that. Um, so I, I know that we're a little bit short on time today. I like to usually kind of go for much, much longer, but I know that you guys um, have a lot going on. You've got an event you're going to as well, you mentioned. So uh, maybe just as we sort of wrap up, um, can quickly talk about what are your current sort of plans for the next six to 12 months, let's say, obviously you said you're looking to get more brands in, you're looking to get more exposure out there in terms of kind of the the, the, dem- the demand side, so from the uh, uh, consumer side and from the business side. Um, Any big things that are in in the pipeline other than, without name dropping anyone, of course, Mm -hmm. any big things to look out for and uh, on your social media platforms, but also, of course, where would people go to kind of find find out more about you? Yeah, for sure. So um, in terms
2: of the big things that we're doing, um, as you said, you know, a couple more big name brands coming on board. We're still trying to grow our brand portfolio. We kind of want to have, you know, a good 50 on there within the next sort of six months time, maybe even sooner. the other big one is then obviously sales into B two B into corporate. So if you know, if there's any listeners out there that you know have a manager position and they have a staff that are looking for reward and recognition, would like to plug into those sort of spots. Um, and then so I guess, I'm, a, I'm
1: an HR manager oh, at, at a company. Let's say yeah. I am right mm-hmm. now. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what are what are the three reasons why I should use uh, EcoSwap?
2: Yeah. So um, I'd say convenient. It's very um, accessible so and um, easy for that HR manager to, to send. Um, it's just you know sending an email um, across to them and we can personalize it and put in personalized messaging or, or imagery for them. Um, it's also obviously sustainable that's the main one, it aligns with your ESG credentials. I'm sure most um, HR managers these days are very on top of that um, and uh, having to meet specific goals around ESG, so it can align with that straight away. Um, And then it's also, um, it's multi-choice, so I'd say that's really important because it's giving um, the staff choice to choose between, it's not like you just Choosing a gift and they might not like it or throw it in the bin and it doesn't get used. There are heaps of cool brands on there and there'll be more to come. So, brilliant. So, yeah, yeah. take my money. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you.
1: Have a comment. And it's, yeah, (laughs) prepared. (laughs) And it's as simple as going to the website and signing up, reaching out to you.
2: Yeah. Uh, So, our website, we're ecoswap.uk. So no co in there, just ecoswap.uk. Go on the website, you can create an account and then you can start purchasing and and sending from there. If you're a business, you can click on the buy for business and there's information on um, bespoke pricing, depending on if you're doing bulk orders or if you want to set up a recurring um, payment or something like that. We can do some bespoke pricing for businesses as well.
1: Brilliant. And I saw recently that you are doing some giveaways, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Um, So do you want to maybe tell people a bit more about that where they can find out a little bit more? More about that as well. Yeah, so Some people. Some people, are, I'm, I'm interested in some giveaways for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're
2: kind of doing ad hoc giveaways at the moment. So okay. you know, if you have a, a following in the business space or anything like that, or you're an influencer and you're interested in the brand, then we're more than happy to send you across a, a gift card to promote. And awesome. you can check out what brands are on there. So yeah, just hit us up. Um, you can send us an email at info um, uh, at eco uk. Perfect.
1: Perfect. Amazing guys, thank. Is there anything else that you want to mention before I, before I thank you and uh, and and sort of uh, yeah say, say say wish you the best for the events that are to come? Is there anything else that you wanted to mention? Uh, we'd like to thank you, Mo.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Thanks for having us. No, of course. <laughs> this, has been, this has been great. <laughs> no, no, it's been it's been a pleasure. Thanks so much for coming. Um, thank you for making time, guys. And I hope I wish that we could stay for longer, but I know that everyone's been uh, super busy with this one, so. You know, um, you're going to go from strength to strength, I'm sure. And then hopefully in a few months' time, we'll come back on again and then talk about how uh, you've managed to grow to 6,000 instead of just 50. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. Sounds great. (laughs) Incredible, guys. Thanks Thanks so much. Thanks for having us. Thanks, man. Have a great one.
0: That was Good for Profit with your host, Mo. Thank you very much for listening. Support us, please. Like, share, subscribe. And send it to whoever you think will benefit from this episode or will be interested in listening to it. We are, of course, in the early days and we're trying to grow the podcast. And so every share and every like and every comment does go a very long way for us. So thank you very much for listening. And if you have any feedback, please let us know if you'd like certain topics covered. Or if you have entrepreneurs or investors or ecosystem leaders that you'd like to see on the podcast, feel free to get in touch with us. The link will be in the description below this episode where you can leave feedback and also get in touch with us to let us know if there's somebody you'd like to see on the pod. Even if you have no direct connection with them, just let us know and our team will get on it to try and get them on here. Thank you very much for listening once again and hope to see you in the next one.